Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial, everybody. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray. We've got another great show on tap for you today as we talk finances and planning for your retirement and other fun stuff along the way, of course. Kevin and I always bring up the food or something else if we get the chance to. I'm sure we'll work that into the uh, into the equation today. Kevin, good to be with you this week. How are you? I'm doing good, Walter. Speaking of food, I have uh, some bison burgers I'm going to eat when I get home today. So oh, that's very a, nice. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, doing very well. You've already got dinner queued up. That's a nice. Got, got it queued up. Nice I'm looking queue. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, dinner out not too long ago, and Connie got it. What did she get? It was it a bison enchiladas. They Ooh. were quite good. She gave Sounds me a, like she it. she gave me a bite, but she wouldn't give me very big of a bite. That must have been how good they were. I was going to say it was really good. Then she just give you a bite. Normally, she'll yeah. share quite a bit of her plate. That did not happen with this meal. So uh, no, it's, yeah. that's good stuff. I, I, I'm I'm a good fan of a bison burger or bison uh, you know bison items. I think pretty good stuff. Yeah, it tastes good to me. I really like that, and I really yeah. love elk too and venison. Yeah, I like all that stuff. So yep, yep, very nice. Well, you've got a good plan. It sounds right. like in place for to uh, tonight. Yeah, speaking of bison and how good it is for you, I've seen how good you're looking there. You're looking pretty good. All the weight loss still keeping off. That's right. Doing good, yeah. I went to an, an event in Nashville. Kevin saw a picture of me from the event. So, I, Actually, believe it or not, Kevin, I've gained oh, 15 to 20 pounds since, really? since the move. Yeah, it's been... Uh, I was at a real good spot before we moved, and then, you know, we were on the road for a month, and then the move, and the getting adjusted to a new place, and, you know, I was dealing with some injuries there for a little while, so yep. just this week, I said, all right, I'm, I'm buckling back down, so I've got a few, few, few pounds to lose to get back to where I was. I've lost a little bit of speed with the adjustment to the higher elevation and the injuries and all that, so... All good, though. I'm, I'm going to be back on the right track here pretty soon. So. We'll have to keep note on the radio. A lot of people come in the office, Walter, and ask, how are you doing? <laughs> so there is interest out there. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, it's been great. I, I'm just, you know, I'm catching it before it goes. You know, a lot of people that with weight loss, it goes up and down, up and down. And I'm trying to just keep the ups and downs at a minimum and not not completely, you know, humongous swings. So Good for you. I'm still out there running. I'm going and running a, a three- to five-mile run uh, tonight after work, so. You know, it's all good. Ooh, yeah. Just tired me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got to earn some room for that bison burger, right? Yes, you do. There yes, you, you do. There you go. Well, hey, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about controlling your emotions and financial decisions, how those things go hand in hand. We're going to see what are some overrated things in the financial world. What's not cracked up? to be what it's supposed to be. Uh, that'll be a fun conversation as well as we'll try to answer some of your questions on the show. Or if we have time, we'll even hit on some underrated things in the financial world as well, just so we can have a little balance in the show here, Kevin. We can't just talk about the overrated stuff. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll go back and forth on overrated, underrated today if we have time. Well, let's talk about overrated and underrated real quickly here. The elections okay. are over. Thank goodness, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, no more 50 phone calls to my, to my cell phone. Hopefully. Yeah, man, the amount of texts I've been getting have oh, been geez. just off the charts. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, luckily the phone kind of catches them and blocks them. And so it's like, oh, you have spam, but it still alerts you that you got a text and you still know it's spam. And so then you still know that it's the political people. Yeah, it still takes the same amount of energy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why yeah. am I even blocking this? Doesn't right. even matter. Uh, too funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's too bad. Like elections, freedom, the ability to, to live in a democracy and choose our representatives like that's underrated. Right. Like that's a wonderful, awesome that's, thing. That's true. But our current election fervor or whatever you want to call it is very overrated. <laughs> so yes. it's a, it can be both at the same time. I think. Yeah. I wish for a change, you know, because we talk about planning here all the time. Right. Yeah. How about they come up with the plan? Instead of telling us how bad their opponent is, yes, you know, just, yeah, that that would be you know highly highly uh, anticipated by I think lots of people. I um, when I was kind of making some decisions and, and doing my research for voting this week, there was a particular race in my local area where I was watching a debate between the two candidates, and I really wasn't a fan of the incumbent and wanted to vote for the other person. But watching the debate, every single question they would just bash the other person, like just completely negative. Um, like it's okay if you throw a few barbs here and there, right? But they were just, I mean, it was like a broken record. That's all you could do. And if that's your only game plan, I mean, I want to hear your solutions to the problems, yeah. not just pointing the problems out, you know? Exactly. And I think we're all ready for that type of tone. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, that influenced my decision just on the, the, the tenor of the conversation in that particular race. So I know I'm not alone. I think that's, uh, we kind of saw a lot of that this past, uh, people I think are yearning and that's a good thing. Maybe yearning for a little bit of civility in our conversations from all sides, right? Like, yes, come on. Yes. Yeah. Um, in any event, we'll see. I, I, it might be hopeful thinking that that continues to be the <laughs> I, trend. Kevin. I think anytime soon is hopeful thinking. Yes. Yeah, I think yes. you're right. But you, you and I are positive, uh, positive people and optimists. Yes. So we'll yes. keep we'll keep our hope in there. Uh, hey, a little a little. Did you see this? A little fun fact for the week to get us started here, Kevin. And then we'll jump into the financial conversation. Uh, did you see that this railway company in Switzerland now claims the world record for the longest passenger train? after conducting a recent trip through the Alps with a 1.2-mile-long train composed of 100 coach cars. Wow. A 1.2-mile-long train. That's crazy. Think about this. You're traveling on that train. You want a little exercise. All you got to do is go front to back, right? There you go. Yeah. yeah. You could almost do a 5K. Just walk yeah, to the yeah. front of the train and back. A couple of times. A 1.2-mile-long. Holy cow. I've seen long trains you know, out, out west, but, you know, they were freight trains, but they weren't uh, passenger trains. That's that's quite a thing. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I'm trying to envision, you know, the um, the movie scenes where the guys are always fighting on top of the train. That'd be yes. a very long sequence as they make their way up to the engine room. <laughs> Think of all the scenery, though, going through the Alps as they're fighting. You can Beautiful. see over a mile. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. But I'm surprised. Yeah. It just seems like that terrain in the Alps having you know, uh, having a train that long would just open you up to more problems. I guess the physics of it don't matter because you've got the ability to bend around the tracks and things like that. But I don't know. It just seems like a really long train to pull through very tight spaces, most likely. It does. But, but evidently, the engineers figured it out. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. My dad wants to, uh, he really wants to do a train ride. He's never ridden on a train before. And so when they retire next year, that's one of the first things he wants to come out and visit us and do is go on like a really cool scenic train ride. So I don't that, think we'll that, make it to Switzerland for that ride, but uh, we'll, we'll find something local. We can we'll do. find something. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, cool. Well, let's dive into our conversation on the uh, financial realm today. By the way, if you have any questions for Kevin on today's show, you can always give him a call at 888 888- 
888-885-PLAN. That's the show number, but we don't put you on the air. You can talk off air with Kevin. 888-885-PLAN is the number. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving throughout the Tri-City area, but based in Pinconning. All right, so we're talking about emotions. You know, most people like to think that they always make decisions based on logic and facts, but the truth is that emotions usually play a role for all of us in that decision-making process. You're not going to be able to completely separate that out. Otherwise, we'd be our own robo-advisors at that point, Kevin, right? If we eliminated sure. all emotion out of it. We would. And we aren't robots. We know this. So at least we don't think we are. Um, so I'm curious, Kevin, as you meet with people day in, day out, what types of emotions do you find are usually driving those financial decisions? Wow, that's a good question, Walter. So let's think about that for a minute. Why do people, let's phrase it a little bit differently. Why do people come into my office, right? What makes them, what emotion drives them to come into my office? Does that sound okay? Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. question to ask. So if we think about it that way, I think it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know, because they have a lot of questions in their mind. Can I retire uh, next year, five years, whatever it is? Did I save enough and my retirement accounts to fill my shortfall that I'm going to need going into retirement. So in other words, you know, I have some investments saved. Are they enough saved so I can produce the extra income I need to get to and through retirements? And a lot of people do this. When do I start drawing my Social Security? There's a fear. Do I, if I do it too early, I'm really going to pay for it down the road. So this fear of the unknown tends to lead, when people come into my office, I find this out, tends to lead to procrastination which leads to what? More fear. So don't let the fear do this to you. You know, I can tell you a lot of people that come in my office, you know, one of my main questions is, what, what, why'd you come in here? And that fear comes up a lot. And once they come into the office, we sit down and we do the simplicity plan. We walk them through all those questions. Do you, did you save enough for retirement? Can you retire next year? Do you have enough money to fill that shortfall? And by the end of the hour, hour and a half when they're in my office and we fill out the simplicity plan, it typically turns into the emotion of surprise. Wow, I can. I didn't know I was that far along. Um, I can do it. They feel happy. They're, they're feeling, you know, a lot of times when they come out, they say, geez, I, I didn't think I was going to feel this way. And I walked out and their emotions totally changed. So if your emotions are driving you the fear to keep you procrastinating, don't do that. Get a hold of your advisor, come in and go through that planning process. And I would say nine times out of 10, People that come in my office and they have that fear, when they leave, they're totally, you know, in surprise. They're like, holy cow, I didn't think I was that close and I actually could do it. So fear, we all know, you know, we all heard FDR, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. Don't let that keep you away from the table and sitting down and having those hard decisions and, and those hard financial talks because at the end of the day, you're probably going to be better off than what you really thought you're going to be. No <clears throat> doubt about it. I think anybody would have to agree with that. That fear, panic, those kinds of emotions really force you to make quick decisions or uh, push you into action. And sometimes that can get exploited. So just be be aware of that as well. Um, you know, a lot of people in the financial world will use that fear because they know how powerful it is. It's the same thing that drives all of our bad news from being, uh, you know, the, the top stories are all about death and destruction on the nightly news because Fear is uh, what strikes us emotionally and causes us to come back and watch again and, and consume more and more. So just keep your head up uh, when you're trying to control those emotions and that sort of thing. Yeah, fear can be very destructive. So it's one thing to just say, okay, fear fear is bad, it's destructive, it's you know, it's, it's worrisome, um, it's something we need to keep in check. But let's talk about what the actual consequences are. What are some of the mistakes that people specifically start to make because of fear or other emotion-based decision-making? 
From what I've seen um, doing this for over three decades, as you put it, Walter, they typically give up. You know, they're going to keep just doing the same thing over and over. And what's that called, Walter? What's that definition? The definition of stupidity? Of, of insanity. Right? Oh, insanity, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Doing, doing, doing the same, same thing, but expecting different results. Di- different right. results, right? So don't do this. Right? <laughs> maybe a little stupidity in there, too. I guess. Well, some, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but make smart financial decisions. You know, we talk about this week in, week out. How do you do that? Well, base your decisions on what your goals are. And you're going to need to put your goals, your aspirations, your dreams, all of that thing into a retirement plan. And that retirement plan should give you the answers that you're looking for. Don't give up. Take one more step. You know, take one more, pick up the phone one more time. Do whatever it takes to put your, you know, your goals in your own plan that helps you make smart financial decisions. And that's what it boils down to. Don't give up. You're going to have to make decisions sooner or later. Don't kick the can down the road. And you got to make smart financial decisions. And how do you do that? By getting everything down and seeing it right in front of you and then understanding it and being educated how it's going to benefit you. And then I think, you know, the mistakes will start to go away and then that you can start, you know, making better decisions and you'll feel much better. You're going to get the confidence you need going into retirement. And so just don't give up. That's what I can tell everybody. Don't give up. Smart way to look at it for sure. Are there times, Kevin, when it's appropriate to factor emotions into the financial decision making process? Let's look at the flip side. Well, I think there are. Let's let's talk about Walter. Have you ever? I don't know. Have you ever? Well, like went to a I don't know a doctor, a car dealer, or anything like that, and your gut's just telling you there's something wrong here. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that we can you know put the same finger on the financial emotions. You know, is your gut telling you something wrong? You just can't cra- quite put cra- your finger. Crazy right? eyes. Whenever I see right. the crazy eyes, that's uh, <laughs> where people don't blink for me. That's my. Oh, thing, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. I like that. Don't so, blink. Yeah. So maybe your gut's telling you something that you had to get a second opinion. How many times have you know our listeners out there? If you're listening right now, how many times? Have they got a second medical opinion? How many times have they went to a different car deal? How many times have they went to a different financial advisor just because your gut's not telling you? And then when your gut, you follow your gut, it turns out to be a wonderful thing because now you've met the person, you've done the right thing, you've met the right doctor, you've met the right car dealer, you've met the right furnace guy, whatever it is, and you feel quite confident on your decisions now. So that emotion, that gut emotion, I, I like to call it, is normally right more often than it's not in the cases that I'm, I'm you know going through right now so if your gut's telling you that i would tend to follow that because a lot of people come in my office they'll say you know i was over here just just didn't sound right this investment just didn't factor in there's something about it that just quite didn't seem like it was good for me and their gut told them to get a second opinion and it's probably one of the better things that they did and when they come in and we go through the scenario the simplicity plan and we can quiet that gut reaction down where their gut is now saying, oh, yeah, I get it. This is it. I think that that's one of the emotions that really work in people's favor. Great points all across the board. All right, let's put a uh, bow on this conversation with maybe an example. Kevin, you're always good at pulling stories out of people you've met with and worked with in the past. When have you helped somebody construct a solid plan that worked mathematically but also met those emotional needs? Oh, geez, yeah, I can think of a, a couple that came in. And he was all jittery, you know. You could, t- you, you know, how per person is nervous, Walter, and they're moving around in their seat, and they sure they're kind of looking. You that know, body looking language around. tells you a lot, right? Yep. And it's because he thought when he came in, he was going to be told he's not even close to retirement. 
And that was his fear. He came in with that fear. And we sat down, we sat at my table. I have a big 55 inch Dell monitor on my, on my wall and it's a computer. And we started putting this plan together right in front of him and his wife. And we put the fears in there. Do I have enough income? Do I have enough money saved? All of those fears that we talked about. And we put it right in front of them on the screen. And we showed how we're going to solve all those fears. And by the end of the meeting, he started, he was emotional. He had a few tears because he realized he's the hero in this story. First time he thought that, he's the hero. He thought he's never done enough. He hasn't you know, worked hard enough. He hasn't saved enough. All of those things came into, you know, into play. And then when he realized, geez, I am the hero in the story. I did save enough. I did do the right things. And now I can retire. That is one of the most impactful meetings I think I can tell you about just because of the way he came in and the way he left it. There's a 180 direction in emotions. He came from fear to overjoy to surprise to I can do it. I'm the hero. And that was one of the better stories that I can tell you about just happened recently here, Walter. It's a great story. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one to hear. Love it when they turn out that way. And a lot of you might be in a similar position. You may have those worries, those fears about maybe it's a particular investment that you're in. Maybe it's the overall plan. You don't have a great one in place. You're not sure what the right direction to go in is, and you need help figuring all of that out. Well, that's why Kevin Ray is here as your financial coach at Inside Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area with that office in Pinconning. If you want to come in, have a conversation about your plan, get some customized and comprehensive guidance and advice on everything, uh, very easy to do so. All you can do is set up the uh, time to meet by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Come in, have a conversation about your plan, what your goals are, and then it just develops from there how to achieve those specific goals. That's what you're going to talk to Kevin about and figure out going forward. So pick up the phone, give him a call, talk about what's on your mind at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. And you can also go online to insightfolios.com. Hey, more coming up on today's show. What's overrated? What's underrated in the financial world? We're going to talk about all that when we come back. Stay tuned. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Back on Simply Financial, Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios. Find us online at insightfolios.com and be sure to click the listen button. You can ask questions, listen to past episodes of the show and more. You can also get a mini quick express financial plan. If you look for the Simplicity Express button on the page, you can type in a couple of details about your financial situation and uh, you can get a couple of uh, really good answers and some early direction into what it would be like to put together a good financial plan. Uh, find out if you're ready for retirement, if you have some some gaps or some things that you need to work on. Uh, you can discover all of that without having to even really talk to anybody by getting a Simplicity Express plan. Again, a good dip of the toe in the water in the financial planning realm. Just go to insightfolios.com and click the Simplicity Express button to take advantage of that opportunity. All right, Kevin, let's talk about things that are overrated and underrated in the financial world. We'll bounce back and forth between the two of these things. Let's start with taxes. Since we're kind of approaching the end of the year here, you know, tax conversations start to pop up a little bit more frequently. So what about tax advantages? Why would you consider that to be something that's overrated? Overrated? Well, let's, let's think about that for a minute. So let's talk about some of the financial products that have a tax advantage, and we'll kind of whittle it down from there then. Life insurance, you know, annuities, muni bonds, mortgages. So why life insurance? Well, we know if we put, 
you know, a dollar in, it's tax-free and it comes out. But some people will use life insurance for income planning down the road. It may or may not work. Annuities are tax-deferred, meaning that you're not paying taxes on that interest that you're earning right now, which is typically a good thing, you would think. But down the road, you're just kicking the tax can down the road. So in that particular instance, let's say you have, I don't know, $5,000 a year of interest. You're not declaring it now. You're not paying taxes on it. But over the next 20 years, if you get that same $5,000, and now you got $100,000 that you owe taxes on, and if the tax environment is bigger down the road, well, we may have a bigger problem. Muni bonds, you know, sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't. Sometimes people take a mortgage out just for the tax advantage without thinking about how much more am I paying in interest going down the road. So, but anytime tax advantages are being pitched, and I want to, I want to, I want to emphasize the word pitched. You know, as a primary advantage of the uh, investment, it's probably just that. It's probably just a sales pitch. So somebody walks into your thing saying the annuity is the latest, greatest thing because it's tax deferral and they keep hitting on that. Don't go just on the tax advantage there because it is a tax advantage. Go on. How does it fit in my overall plan? How's it going to benefit me going down the road? How much in taxes is it going to cost me going down the road? Because that's typically not the conversation or you're just kicking the, the tax can down the road. So don't let that be the primary reason for your investments. There are times when it makes sense and there's times when it doesn't. So make that, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Tax advantage sounds good. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it works for you. Sometimes there's better things out there to do. And how do you find out? You said, oh, you had that conversation. Yeah. And again, you can reach out to Kevin to talk about things that are on your mind from a financial and retirement planning standpoint at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. All right. So the tax advantages can be a bit overrated. What about something that's maybe underrated? Let's talk about liquidity. Does that get talked about enough? Well, liquidity, no, I don't think um, there's a lot of talk about liquidity. So what are we talking about? There's certain investments if you invest into those, they're going to have penalties if you withdraw your money early. So let's talk about those. CDs, for example. You know, you can typically buy a CD for one or five years. So if you take your money out, you know, if you take a five-year CD out and you take it out prior to the five years, there's a penalty. 401ks. We all know, we all have 401ks, typically everybody does, that if you, you know, you put your money in there and you retire. Now, there's a couple of different rules here. If you retire after when, when you're the age 55 or older, you have some liquidity there, but before the age 55, liquidity goes away because we're going to pay penalties. We're going to pay a 10% penalty from the IRS if we withdraw money from that without paying it back. IRAs. IRAs have liquidity issues. Typically, you can't touch that IRA until you're 59 and a half. So if you're 20 years old and you're putting money into that IRA, there's liquidity issues there. You can't get your money out of there without a 10% penalty from Uncle Sam, and all annuities carry some sort of uh, surrender charge, or most of them do, meaning that you may pay a 10% penalty there too. And then the cash value in the life insurance, if you're looking to build that cash value and you take it out typically within the first 10 years, there's going to be some liquidity issues there because there's going to be bigger penalties. All of these investments we just talked about come with some sort of a penalty if you withdraw your money earlier than whatever term you're in. At my office, one of the first questions I'm going to ask you is, do you have an account for an emergency money? And if you don't, then I'm going to say we need to build that account first because we need some liquid money out there. We need to walk down the end of the street, go to the bank, have enough dollars available that we can take money out without any penalty. That's the first bucket that we want to fill when you come into my office because if you need a roof, you need a car, you need any sort of emergency comes up, we need money that we can go to that's liquid enough that 
we can go down and draw that out. So liquidity issues, yes, there's some liquidity issues with several investments. I think people overlook those. And then somewhere down the road, they need liquid, they need liquid money and they're forced to take out of those investments and then they pay huge taxes. Great points on liquidity. Yeah, something that often does get overlooked. And uh, we can put that in the undervalued category or underrated category. Would uh, would the focus on rates of return be something that you would say is overrated or underrated? I think that's overrated because what are we talking about rates of return? Walter, when you just said that, what did you think? Like, how, you know, per percentage. How much am I up? How much am I down? What, what, right, what's right. Return on investment, right? Yeah. So people will look at rates of return. And they'll say this investment did, you know, 8% for the last 20 years. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that sounds good. Eight so or ten, hey, the average is 10% or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, whatever it is. Thinking that, well, it's going to do that in the future, right? So you're you're going on past returns, think it's going to do it in the future. But at some point in your life, is that the same investment that you're going to need? Maybe getting to retirement because we need to take more risk. But when you're getting closer to retirement, now we need to focus on not so much the rate of return, but we need to focus on how much income can that investment return to us. And so it's going to be a income play versus a rate of return play. So things are going to change over your life. When you're in the market, when you first start working in the workforce, yeah, maybe you want to focus on taking more risk. But when you get in more risk, what does that mean? Higher rates of return. But when you're getting closer to retirement, maybe we need to minimize that risk and start looking at how we're going to turn what we have into now into income. So that conversation is totally going to change based on that. Great points across the board on rates of return. All right, underrated or overrated predictability, the, the ability to just have a little bit of consistency and predictability in a plan or a portfolio. Is that overrated or underrated? I think that's underrated. Mm. You know, we just talked about how people get caught up in the tenor returns. But it's when it comes to the retirement income, it's easy, easily to get caught up in the past performance. Don't do that. Instead, let's focus on predictable income. We just had the conversation. You're in growth all these years. Now you're getting towards retirement. Let's look at predictability. There are certain investments out there that are predictable, you know, as far as income goes. When you when you were working, Walter, you're still working, I'm working, we have what's called predictable income, which means it's a paycheck. But if you were going to retire tomorrow, Walter, does your paycheck continue? Uh, no. No, it stops, right? <laughs> yeah. So what what's going to replace that paycheck? Uh, well, that's where things like Social Security or our investments and savings start coming. Our invest exactly. So when your paycheck stops, you're now the boss, right? You don't have a boss. You're the boss. So your employees. We're all entrepreneurs all the time, right? All of a sudden. self-employed at least. Yeah, we're forced to do that, right? So when you, when you are the boss, your employees are now going to be your investments. Think of it this way. You need to put your employees to work 24 hours a day, no vacation, no breaks. And what is their job? Their job is to produce predictable income for you. Not only produce predictable income for you, but it has to be for the rest of your life. There are investments like that that will do that day in and day out. So predictability, I think, is underrated when it comes to retirement planning because we need some predictable income going into retirement. You don't want to do the Wild West out there. One year it's up, one year it's down, and you're all of a sudden you're, you're you know, in disarray because of your investments aren't working that way and it may stop your income going down the road predictability is good in my case when it comes to retirement income all right so we've uh, talked about some of the things that are overrated and underrated on today's show how about this next one commission-based investment accounts 
this is like the uh, you know I only make money when you make money. Is that the is that an overrated or underrated kind of thing? Well, I think that's overrated too. So, you know, if we're talking about commissions, what are we talking about? What products typically have commissions? Let's go down that road first. Well, mutual funds. You know, they have front end, back end fees, life insurance. You know, they're heavily loaded up front. Annuities pay commissions. Typically, most annuities. Long term care insurance. You know, maybe if you buy a stock through a full brokerage company, you're paying commissions or bonds, those types of things. So a lot of people think it's great when their financial advisor only makes money when they buy or sell something. But let's look at reality. It can create a conflict of interest with the investment recommendations that they might be making. So how would that work out? Well, let's just say, for example, you came in and you talked to an advisor and you had, I don't know, $100,000. And in your plan, you wanted to do something with that. But in the back of the advisor's mind saying, I can make a commission on this or I can charge a fee on this. But my monthly mortgage is due at the end of the month. Maybe I should show the commission. It maybe fits, but it doesn't fit quite as good as it should. Those are the things that you know you have to be concerned about when you're starting down that commission road. In many cases, it's going to co- end up costing you more than a fee-based account would just because you know of, of the commission that's going on inside there. And if you're buying life insurance, mutual funds, or whatever, there are some further conversations that need to happen. Are they going to come back and want to replace that and then another commission? Are they going to want to sell your stock and generate another commission? Are they going to buy something, generate another commission? So you got to be careful on commissions. All right, last but not least, let's go to one more element that I think is going to fall in the underrated category. But what about simplicity in a portfolio? Is that something that's overrated or underrated? Wow, what do you think? You just said it, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be underrated. Underrated, yes. So what are we talking about simplicity? What do we call our financial plan here in the office, Walter? Well, you just happen to call it simplicity. Simplicity, right? Yeah. Yes. So what, why do we call it simplicity? Because if you get a financial plan that's 80 pages long, are you really going to go through that plan? Is it going to help you? Is it going to clear up your issues? Or is it just going to confuse you more, leading to procrastination? I see over and over it leads to procrastination. But if you're a, you know, a good advisor that educates your clients like we do here in our office, we can take what's complex and we can simplify it for you. I can show you the shortfall that you're going to have. In other words, how much income are you going to need up and above your Social Security and your pension? I can show you how we're going to create an investment to fill that shortfall. I can show you mathematically the best time to take Social Security. We can factor all of those things in on basically a three-page, it's actually a two-page report. And we do it right in front of you. So you can see the numbers. We can see what your retirement number is. What do you need to average going into retirement on your investments to fill that shortfall from here to age 90 or 95? We can show you all those numbers so it's easy and simple to understand. And that's the biggest takeaway that people, when they come in my office, that's the biggest thing I hear over and over and over again is, Geez, I get it now. I finally understand it. You made it understandable. You've educated me along the process. You showed me what investments produce income to fill that shortfall. You show me when, you know, mathematically is the best time to take Social Security. You show me, does it make sense to buy long-term care insurance based on what I've saved? All those questions can be answered, and we do it through our simplicity process. That's our planning process. And it's not hard to do. The hardest part that people will tell me about doing this planning process is coming in and sitting down. Once they sit down and we start going through that process, normally nine out of 10 times I'll say people are just surprised. 
at how they grasp their financial situation now and how that if I'm out of the picture, they can take control of the wheel and continue on through retirement so they have the confidence that they're looking for. Simplicity is highly, highly uh, advantageous when you're going into retirement because you need to understand that you need to be educated. You need to make smart financial decisions, and this is the way we do it in our office. Great points across the board, Kev, and I think you hit the nail on the head on several of these points. And so if you've got questions in this vein, if you have uh, concerns or wonders about your financial plan, where to go in the future, uh, how many steps forward you need to take, how many steps back you might need to take based on what's found in the planning process. I mean, these are the kinds of things that you're going to discuss with Kevin. Make sure you're on the right track to get to and through retirement. It's all part of the simplicity plan that Kevin will walk you through. If you have questions about that, want to set up time to visit and go through the planning process, the number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin's your financial coach based in Pinconning. Easy to get in touch. Come by, say hello, and have that conversation. Set up the time to visit while you're thinking about it today. And again, that number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Hey, we've got more coming up on today's show, so stay tuned. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. That's what we thought. Time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on the show today. And Kevin, my question for you this week, what lessons have you had to learn the hard way? Mm. So if I look back, at my life, I had to, you know, and I say this quite a bit to especially younger people that you're not bulletproof. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I, when I was younger, I figured, you know, I, I'm bulletproof, you know, and there's nothing going to happen to me. But, you know, over my life, I've had some health issues that, you know, make you humble. You know, you're, you are bulletproof no matter what age you are. And I had to learn those the hard way. You know, I had to learn, like, uh, you know, maybe take a little bit better care of myself, maybe get to the doctor a little quicker. Uh, when I'm experiencing symptoms, those types of things. So it took me a long time, Walter, to figure out that I'm not bulletproof. How about you? Very similar, I would say. And you actually, you point something very specific out. Get to the doctor if you think you got something wrong. Yeah. I I made that mistake uh, my senior year of college when I broke my ankle and I didn't go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I just, I just let it like, uh, I, th- I don't, I didn't want to face the fact that it probably was broken. And so I just let it sort of heal on its own. It didn't heal properly. It then, uh, I tore my Achilles as a result of it. Then the foot never healed properly. And it became, uh, you know, like I had like calcified bone that filled in where there was not supposed to be calcified bone and that kind of thing. Ended up having to get ankle surgery. That led to weight gain. Eventually, it led to then me tearing my ACL when I tried to get back to activity. So it was just one of those things where I tried to ignore the problem, hoped it would go away on its own, and it led to years of kind of a cascading issue. And so I think I learned that same lesson of if you got something wrong with you, like there's resources out there to help you. Go go get the help. Go to the doctor. Get it yeah. looked at. <laughs> yes. You know? Quit trying to hide from your problems is maybe the thing I learned the hard way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if I had to give a younger person some advice, I'd say don't be bulletproof. And you don't know what you don't know. There are people out there who have lots more experience that are older than you that are full of good advice. Take some good advice along the way, too. So, you know, I had to learn that the hard way, too. So, yep. One last thing I learned the hard way when I was like, uh, I don't know how old I was, maybe 10. Don't stand up 
uh, on a seesaw when you're on the, uh, or, or you, you may call it a teeter-totter. What, 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 yeah. Are you a teeter-totter or a seesaw yeah. person? A teeter-totter. teeter-totter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll go teeter-totter then for you. Don't stand on a teeter-totter when you have 10 kids standing on the other side ready to jump off. <laughs> <laughs> well, You will get stitches. <laughs> as long as we're going down this road, we know I just came back from Maine grouse hunting, right? That's right. Yeah, you learned some lessons there, didn't you? There was a log going, there was a beaver dam, there was a log going across that. And I said to the guys, I said, I should probably walk down 80 yards, go across where it's good. But being bulletproof, I I can make it. And I fell right in the beaver pond. (laughs) So (laughs) should have listened to my gut that time. Luckily, nothing broken out of that bad choice. No, no, I got soaking wet, but that was it. There's still a lesson to be learned. Absolutely. Isn't that the funny thing? Uh, Even as we get up there in age, you're still learning lessons every day. Like we learn from some of our mistakes, but sometimes we still need to learn by experience, don't we? We do. We do. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for sharing some stories with us there, Kevin. Uh, Before we run off for the week, we'll try to answer one of our listener questions when we come back. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Stay tuned. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Getting ready to wrap things up on this week's edition of Simply Financial. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Inside Folios based in Pinconning. If you've got questions, go check out the website, insightfolios.com. Lots of directions and answers for you there. You can also email Kevin. It's kevin at insightfolios.com or call 888-885-PLAN. And I'll give you that contact info one more time before the show wraps up today. It's time to open up the mailbag and answer one of our listener questions. This next one uh, comes to us from Dan. And uh, Dan will help take us home for the week. Dan says, Kevin, I don't have nearly as much money in my Roth IRA as I have in my traditional IRA. So I'm thinking of doing a Roth conversion this year and probably for the next several years. How much should I think about doing each year? Mm, Dan, that's a really good question. We have that conversation a lot in my office. And it boils down to a few things. Number one, what tax bracket are you in? If you're in the 12 and all of a sudden by conversions, we're going into the 22 percent tax bracket that may not make sense depending on how old you are you know if you have 20 30 years to go that might it makes more sense than if you have five years to go so number one how old are you we need to figure that out how much cash do you have on hand to pay for the taxes because once you convert to a Roth IRA we need to come up with the tax money we had to pay tax on that this year and the other thing that comes up too is Once we do that conversion, remember, you can't touch that Roth conversion for five years. So are you going to need the income in five years? Lots of questions that we need to know before I can give you an answer. And the other thing you said, how much should I do about each year? I like that way you're thinking there, because if you're young enough, maybe we can convert over the next 5, 10, 15 years and pay a little bit of tax as we go along. Or if you're, like I said earlier, if you're older and we only have a year or two before you're going to retire, Maybe it doesn't make sense to do to look at that type of planning. So, Dan, to answer your question, I need more information. I need to sit down with you. I need to go through all of those questions and answer those questions. And then we need to look at your tax situation, see if it makes more sense uh, to do that or does it make less sense to do that. And how do you figure that out? You just pick up the phone. You give us a call. You come in, and that's as easy as it's going to get. We're going to go through those numbers with you, and we're going to put it on a simplicity tree plan, and I can show you mathematically uh, which makes sense for you. 
Here is the good news, though, Dan. You're asking the right kinds of questions here and common questions. So uh, you're right in the wheelhouse of needing to make some good financial decisions and having some good direction in front of you. So pick up the phone, give Kevin a call, and have that conversation about your plan in more detail. The number is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. That'll put you in touch. I'd to set up a time to come in, have a conversation about your plan, and get a game plan for moving forward. Uh, It's all part of the simplicity process that Kevin takes each client through. So if you've got questions on your mind, pick up the phone, give Kev a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Well, Kevin, thanks for the help this week. Enjoy those elk burgers, my friend, and uh, we'll chat again next weekend. I'm going to. I'm going to have a good time today, so me too. Sounds good. You put cheese on it? You treat it like a normal normal burger? No, normal burger. I I like the taste of the bison. Okay. So you don't don't throw bacon and all that other good stuff, mushrooms, all that on there? Well, I would throw bacon and mushrooms because you can't ruin anything with that, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's going to only enhance anything it's added to, That's right, yes. Love it. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.